Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by Jack Cochran of The Snuts, who is here to have a chat with us about the band's upcoming third album, Millennials, which is released on February the 23rd. Uh, Jack, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you and whereabouts are you joining us from? Yes, man. How are we doing? Uh, yeah, I'm in Glasgow at the moment, at home, and just kind of getting geared up for the release of this record, getting back out and turn stuff like that. So yeah, it's all happening. Fantastic. And what's it like at this point in the run-up to a release? Because at the time of us recording this, we're almost a month to the day away from the uh, release of the album. Is this kind of really busy, you know, kind of getting into gear for, for the release of the album? Or is this like the calm before the storm? And then you kind of, once it's out, you're out on the road and stuff. How, how does this kind of few weeks before release, you know, what does that look like for you and the rest of the band at this time? Yeah, it's kind of busy, man. Um, you know, we've got a lot of uh, shows coming up and stuff like that. You know, um, in terms of promo shows, you know, we really enjoy kind of doing record stores and stuff like that. You know, you get that um, kind of one-on-one um, with, a, with a, you know, the fans and the listeners. Um, you get some good feedback on what the record's going to be uh, perceived as. So, yeah, we're kind of getting geared up for that. Um, we're about to head out to the States as well, pretty much instantly after the record's released. So, yeah, just a lot of rehearsals. Yeah. And it's always hard to learn the new songs for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, each each album becomes more difficult to play. So yeah, yeah just doing about that, man. <laughs> nice. And I mean, it. You know, it, there's a, there's a really interesting story that kind of goes alongside the album itself. Um, obviously, with uh, you know, the band f- first two records were released uh, with Parlophone, but with this album, yeah. you've launched your own independent label with the orchard um which uh, i believe is called happy artist records um can you kind of give us the backstory to that please because you know you had you know very successful first two albums you know number one with the debut uh top three with album number two what in uh sort of inspired or um led you down this path of going we're going to move away from that uh major label route and we're going to actually create our own label and kind of set our own path for, for album number three. If you can kind of give us that, the, the, the backdrop, the background to that story, that would be fantastic. Yeah, man. Yeah. So it was probably, um, a very similar time in the year, this time last year. Um, you know, I was kind of two records down, um, you know, and something that we'd been noticing probably from even the, the start of the creation of the second record was this, you know, kind of fundamental breakdown and, communication with our previous label, you know, there's a real um you know, there's a lot of blood lines when it came to the the direction and the vision of the band and the direction and the vision of the label. Um, you know, and you could feel that breakdown right throughout that record and as we put it out, um, you know, and we could feel that that was something that was very kind of conscious for us and um, just as humans. Um so yeah, we made that decision in the start of January, you know, thought I think it becomes every band's dream on a major label, to be honest with you, yeah. um, to start, you know, being able to kind of take back some of that freedom, um, a bit of that control. Um, so, yeah, we decided in January, you know, it's time for us to kind of take ownership and even just responsibility what we were doing, you know, not looking for anyone to blame or um, anyone to fall back on. It was, you know, just put the kind of ball on our court um, in a sense. So, yeah, it was uh, January we'd started... Um, making music together again. Um, yeah, we kind of camped up um, in the Highlands in Scotland 
you know, it felt like it had been quite a while since we just made music as friends, you know, with no um no real intention, you know, no kind of pressure to go out and make something. Um and I think just the feeling of being able to do that again kinda of inspired us to go, you know, let's let's do this on our own. You know, we've kind of we've managed to kinda of hone the skills of what it means to be recording artists, touring artists, um and writers. So it's like, you know, I think feel like we can do this on our own. I think um, also, I think the pressures of what it means to be an artist, um, and well, last year it was 2023, um, it's something that's really different from, I would say, what we signed up for, um, you know, when we first signed to a label. Um, back then it was very kind of music driven, um, and now it's very personality driven. Yeah. And that's a line that we, we start to feel very uncomfortable with um, in terms of, you know, how we come across and how we expected to come across and, you know, the intensity of that um, and how that was affecting us, again, as humans. Um, so, yeah, there was lots of reasons, but it was just a kind of culmination of all those things that we decided, you know, let's go do this on our own. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I I was, you know, as a band that, you know, released your first two albums on a major, it wasn't like you kind of done the route that some bands do where it's like you do your first couple maybe as an indie and then you get picked up by a major and then yeah. you kind of go back again you've kind of gone in from the from the off if you like um with that major backing and support around you and obviously the trappings and the pressures that come with that as well how did it feel after you'd made that initial decision to go okay we're, we're taking a different route we want to do this on our own we want to kind of have that control over what we're doing was there any moments of like um almost like oh wow this is actually quite scary because you've not experienced working at that level you know prior to your time with a major what was what was it like once you'd made that decision what was the reality like in those initial weeks and months of like all right we've actually got to make this work now we're we're essentially running a label yeah well I think you know um I think there's always been there had always been that friction between band and label you know and I'm not one you know I'm not of the mindset that it's like, you know, major labels are terrible and uh, it doesn't work for anyone and it should be abolished. You know, I think we were very lucky and we're very grateful to have had that experience and, you know, the knowledge that we've been kind of shared with us, you know, and been able to work with these incredible producers and stuff like that. Um, And also just kind of learn the landscape of what it kind of means to be a recording artist. Um, But, you know, uh, I think we always had a problem with, giving too much away and um, not being in control of every decision. So there was always that friction anyway. So, I mean, we're generally control freaks. Mm. So I feel like, you know, we were doing, we were doing a lot of the lifting anyway. Um, and probably just not that no one wanted to do the lifting for us, but we just didn't want to give that away. Um, so it felt like, you know, when we made the decision to go on our own, we had music and the music was flowing out of us. And I think as an artist, whenever there's creation happening, you do have that kind of, there's just like a kind of safety net for you to think, well, ultimately there's music happening, so everything's going to be okay kind of thing. Yeah. I think, you know, if we'd, if we'd made that call and then jumped into a studio and nothing was happening, uh, you know, and we felt like really, really uninspired, um, really defeated by, you know, that kind of process of being in and then out, um, I think it would be a different story, but the music was there and I think, you know, for us as artists and I'm sure as many artists, feel when when the music's there everything's kind of okay <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, do, you, do you have any sort of specific examples of 
what some of those pressures were that were causing friction with the label. I, I wouldn't expect you to, you know, name any names or, or you know, any, anything like that. But, um, you know, because sometimes there can be a perception uh, for, you know, sometimes they, they can be almost like old school ideas of what a major label is like. They're trying to change the music, dress the artists a certain way, kind of do, yeah. you know, package things in a particular fashion. Yeah. Um, w- were there any specific things that were real, like red flags for you that were like, hang on a minute, this, this doesn't feel good. Whether it was trying to get you to present yourselves as people a certain way, whether it was trying to come in and influence the direction that you were going musically, were there yeah. any sort of specific moments where you felt like actually this, this can't continue? Yeah, well, I think, you know, maybe to um, squash a myth maybe instantly, in our, in our case, you know, musically, there was never any pressure to be anything that we didn't already want to be. You know, there was always, um, you know, I think at, at the label, you know, um, a guy that we worked with there, um, you know, musically wanted the best for us. We were always happy to kind of push ourselves into different spaces and, and never get kind of stuck in one zone and, you know, just generally improve. So in terms of that, you know, I think we were generally quite happy on that front. Um, but when it came down to the, um, and again, you know, not to make excuses for them also and, you know, that system, but that's a, another change in um, kind of place. You know, that landscape changes has changed a lot. So there's a lot of pressures on, you know, being a front, a front-facing celebrity almost. And that's something that we are just never been comfortable with. Mm. You know, there's an element of, you know, wanting to kind of stay introverted as an artist and, you know, and, and keeping your private self private. Um, and I don't think that's really an option at major labels now. You know, there's so much focus on personality first and then they'll find your music. Um, and that was never something that we would accept, I think. Um, also, you know, I think there's a big breakdown during our last record. Um, that was written in the height of lockdown and the height of kind of general social and cultural frustration I would say um over you know um you know the influence of uh big corporations and you know the the failings of government and stuff like that. Um mm. and you know when it came to selling a record like that, there was a line that we weren't willing to cross also in terms of buy, 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 buy this record, you know, put your hand in your pocket, give this money to us and then I'll pack we pass it on. You know, yeah. it's not going to us anyway. Um, so you know, it was definitely we were really uncomfortable with the the need for kind of that commercial push where we just made this record, you know, that was about the opposite of that in a sense. Um, so I think that was one of the big ones that really broke down from their side. You know, that's not what they need, and also we don't need that as well. So yeah, there was a big breakdown when it came around the, the Burn the Empire campaign. I would say, yeah. That's really, yeah, fascinating to, to sort of hear about how that how how that all played out. I mean, with you know, to, to focus specifically on 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 the new album now with Millennials, can you talk us through how how work first started on it? You know, once you'd uh, made that break with Parlophone, decided you're going to do it as a self release on your own label. Um, had you already been writing? songs for this album at that point was it a case of starting everything from scratch at that point and going right we're kind of tearing it up and starting again from the beginning as a with, with a new label as independent artists T- tell us a little bit about how how these songs and this back this batch of music started to like take shape yeah um i think i touched on it a little bit earlier um but we decided to go up and kind of isolate ourselves a bit i think you know when we've been making music in the last maybe four years or something like that, we'll find 
we've found sorry um, being isolated has been a thing that really works for us. Mm. Um, but yeah, just before that, um, as soon as the last record was finished, you know, I've kind of got this need to always write. Um, whether that's you know being a panic merchant. Yeah. Uh, or just try to be over prepared for what's coming next or well it's just you know it's just a cathartic process for me um, so yeah me and Cam 29 the bass player we were in my living room a lot kind of set up the studio in there um, just started with ideas we know kind of intention of like we must make songs but for us it's always about having ideas that can develop um, so yeah probably a batch of those maybe like 20 ideas or you know you can hear a lot you can hear quite a lot of these songs and those ideas if you would go back and listen to those demos mm. um but yeah so we jumped up to um fort william i think kind of up up north scotland had to get a ferry across to it really basic studio but in a beautiful beautiful location that kind of allowed us to just bring what we need to make music you know there wasn't this um excess um or kind of glamour that kind of sometimes surround studios you know, it's just like this kind of couple, couple of empty rooms, mm. proper bunk beds. Everybody was in there. Um, yeah, so we decided, let's go up there. We're going to make some music just as friends. You know, always in the back of your mind, you're thinking, hopefully this is going to materialise into, you know, the start of our project. But ultimately, we went up there just to make music. Um, so, yeah, we decided to go up with a long-term collaborator of ours, Scott Anderson. Yeah, Scott Anderson's our MD for our live show. Um, and just generally brought so much to a live show over the last couple of years. A real kind of musically clever, meticulous guy, producer. Um, we know him really well, and he knows us really well. So there was no ice to break that you'll sometimes yeah. find at the start of a record. You know, he knows as well. So yeah, just jumped in there, start making music, got in the got in the rhythm. Yeah, fantastic. Did 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 you feel any sense of? having a, a siege mentality of sorts at this point, going, right, we're, we're away from the label, that from the major. Um, we're kind of going out to this place up in the north of Scotland in a sort of back-to-basic style setup and studio, just a, a bunch of you as friends um, and doing it in a kind of bare-bones, back-to-basics kind of way. Did it feel like that, that you were kind of like sequestering yourself off and like preparing this record to kind of come out and take on the world with? Or did it just kind of feel like making another album yeah I think sometimes like a lot of it's having like um, for us anyway just having a point to prove to yourself first um, I think it was about like you know can we go up and do something that's exciting and fresh for us first you know can we make something that, that we're excited about and um, you know the first couple of days you know there, there was none of that um, which is kind of pretty standard but under under those circumstances it maybe felt a, a little more daunting but you know, the first song we wrote up there was Gloria, the first track on the album, first single on the album. Um, and it's been one of the best, I think, we've, we've ever written. Um, so that was a real, that really spurred on, you know, the momentum of, right, cool. So we did try and write 10 Glorias, which didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a, there was real momentum that came from that, being able to, you know, play back and go, right, this is actually really cool. We didn't need all this excess things, you know, and people and opinion and voices and noise that maybe we've been accustomed to or, you know, felt like we've, we now need to make music. Um, so it was a real kind of like, there's a nice kind of sun coming up point there for us. Um, going, cool, let's just crack on. Like, let's make some music and let's come up here as often as possible. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and has, has the way that you've written in the past, 
compared to how how you've written and recorded and produced this album has, has that changed much do you have a sort of tried and tested way of of how you write and create together as a band or is that something that was perhaps changed slightly depending on you know if you were with a you know when you're with a label does do, do you have kind of i don't know different writing sessions do the do things pan out differently at a creative level depending on who you signed to or is it always a case of you know you're getting in a room and writing together and and, and and things largely kind of operate the same way whether you're with a major whether you're on without a label whether you're with a label how how does that impact the creative side of what you do yeah i think um fundamentally you know the very the very start of the process is always the same for me but it's just a part of my you know existence as i've got an idea for a song you know on the voice note or you know on the on the laptop quickly or just sitting on the couch and play it out. So fundamentally that's always kinda that's always there. So I've never I never have to worry about, you know, the, the spark or whatever for personally, maybe luckily, there's always a there's always a want to, to do that. Um but I think, you know, one thing that I mean every every time we go in to do a record so far it's been different. And I think we've purposely always made it a bit different and, and uncomfortable in a different way. I think we need to be uncomfortable or we can make music that kinda sucks found um yeah so yeah like i think that the difference on this record would mainly be you know not having that again safety net of like a hand-picked producer from you know the black book of some record exec and the pressures that come with that you know and the, and the money that gets spent by having that you know it's, it's a blessing and a curse in a sense creatively sometimes um so this time you know having known that it was going to be um me and scotty producing this record was a real change for me. Um, I trust you, Scotty, implicitly. Um, but I think, again, with the writing, um, one thing I've kind of learned over the last, especially in the last record, I worked with a guy, Coffee, who I think brought my writing on a lot, but to do that, I had to let him in to that process and allow someone else to be to be taking a part of that role in the writing. And um, I think because of that, I was much more willing to you know, write with Scotty, you know, not kind of hold it back and kind of be uh, be precious over what was being written. So it's something that me and Scotty sat down and put a lot of work into the writing. Um, Scotty's style is quite different from mine. Um, I think we tried to blend those. Um, I think the main goal when the writing was, which was uncomfortable for me, was being really direct, lyrically. Um, you know, I think I've got a habit of, you know, maybe smothering lines and like a, I don't know, like a fire blanket kind of like poetic fire blankets, so to the point where not wanting to give too much away and asking people to think quite deeply about what that what that means. And this time, I think the goal me and Scotty wanted to be was really direct. We wanted people to understand the storyline of the song. And um, I think the stories were more important than the lyrics at points, which was new and uncomfortable for me, but kind of glad we did do that. Um, yeah, that was, that was a real change in this record. Yeah. How did that feel once you kind of opened up in that way and, and got past that point of, okay, I'm not going to necessarily cloak these lyrics in any, any sort of mystery or any other layers so that they don't feel quite so direct. Once you actually decided to, to, to take that route and, and approach them in a more direct way, did you, did you feel more kind of open and confident the more you started doing it? Did it make you feel like that's something you might continue to do further, you know, beyond this record or did it feel a little bit like an experiment that was okay, that's worked for this album, but you, 
you'd still kind of prefer to go back to the way you were doing it before. I just wondered how that made you yeah. reassess, if at all, the way you approach your lyrics. Yeah, I think it's a, um, it's a funny one because I think it's, at the time it felt, because it's uncomfortable, it was also, you know, I think that feeling of being uncomfortable and being excited are like, you know, very similar sensations um, for me about uh, that kind of new style. And I always just try and think, you know, as um, one thing I think as a, as a writer especially that takes years to kind of understand and work out how it works for you is kind of try to dissolve a little bit of that ego because the ego is so important to, yeah. to what you're trying to do, but you need to be able to dissolve a lot of it and you're probably having to dissolve more and more each time you create. But with that, you learn so much from people who know different things to what you know. Um, so, yeah, in terms of that question, I think it's something that I would more like to blend and blend into my style, you know, than I maybe had before. Um, kind of try and put it on a play a bit more and just kind of keep adapting. I think it's about adapting. As yeah. a writer, um, when there is so much music out there, what, why why is yours worth, worth listening to kind of thing? Um, and that's always on my mind. And yeah, just about getting better, I think. So yeah, definitely something I'll continue to do. I'll be blended with what I already did. And I'll maybe do something completely different next yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> who who was some of your... So I, I, I don't like to use the word influential or inspirational because I don't mean that you'd necessarily be taking anything specific from their style but who are some of the lyricists that have perhaps had a, a lasting effect on you just as a fan and, and as a writer as well but people that you know particularly when you first started writing were were uh, yeah important writers for you yeah um i mean i grew up listening to like a lot of um bob dylan stuff like that who's like the king of you know, I like yeah. the poetic fire blanket for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked a lot of Pete Dockery and stuff like that. Um, as I was kind of coming into my teenage years, um, like I like Johnny Mitchell, um, Nick Drake, um, much more like a lot different for the music that we make as a band. Um, but as writers, I've always really enjoyed what they do. Um, they have a real, um, um, what would be the word? Like huge catalogs, which I think is quite inspiring. You know, because yeah. I don't think you have, you know, almost, it's almost like you're not really allowed to do that now in the current climate to put out a lot of music and um, to make, even to make a lot of music, I think, because there's so much other commitments yeah. as an artist that are different now. Um, but yeah, those were, those were big for me. Um, yeah, I like, I like those, those kind of guys. Yeah. And how, how, you, as, as you just said, for artists making music today, there are so many other commitments in addition to, just making music um does that does that decrease increase sorry or decrease when you become an independent as opposed to being on a major you know when you're a major are you being encouraged to do more things like social media uh trying to present yourselves as people in different ways and that being a drain on your time or once you've kind of freed yourself from that when you're on an indie does that mean there are more practical things you're having to take care of that that chip away at your time i just wonder if either of them allows you just more time to, to, to be a musician. Yeah, I think certainly as on indie so far as it allowed us more time um, to be more focused on the music. That's a certainty. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to the way that things are set up on, uh, on majors and stuff like that and the type of money that gets thrown around and wasted and, and spent on unuseful sessions and stuff like that. Whereas like, I think when you're in control 
of it on your own. You're more in control of the numbers. And when you're comfortable with the numbers, there's less pressure on the music. Um, I think you can make prioritise music, which is which is pretty cool when you're making a record. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, in terms of like the change on the, the pressures as an artist um, and all my, maybe the workload of what those pressures are, I think um, it's very similar mm. in this situation than it was to majors. The only difference I would say is um, you're more willing to put that type of work in because the work and like fundamentally the ideas are yours and they're not kind of you don't don't feel as much pressure to follow any trends that have been working and stuff like that so any promo you do comes from you and it comes from you know a kind of purer source than this type of promo or this type of video or you know this type of snippet or clip or you know you know anything like that it comes from you it doesn't come from what other artists are doing which I think's freeing in a sense just for your for yourself like spiritually just being able to do this is coming from me um, and it's coming from a good place and I like to think that everything we do as a band when it comes to promo and stuff like that is uh, is kind of pure in a sense and people can you know whether it's hundreds of thousands of people or not is I think people can connect with things that are a bit more truthful um, and that's kind of what our ethos is and that's what the whole ethos of the, the new label is and the whole ethos of the new direction for the band is just kind of being as truthful and honest and open as and just ourselves as possible in the most happy way that could be other sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, amazing. And and now, you know, as we said, about a month away from releasing this album, how, what does this album mean, mean to you? I know that's like a big question, but three albums in, first album made in this way do you feel any extra sense of pride or pressure or affection for for this record what are your what are the emotions that you feel as you as you prepare to, to kind of put this one out into the world yeah that's one that's one to me you know it feels like more like a, a kind of culmination of the steps hmm. that it took to get here you know taking influence from the first record and the second record sonically um, I think it feels like a culmination of what we've learned so I think it is something that we're proud of that we've managed to to keep what we are um, like as people but change like you know what we sound like as a band which I think is always something that's important to me and I think that's something that's important about this record um, but I think you know in terms of like to sum up the record um, like calling it Millennials was this whole thing it's more the Millennials being like an idea rather than like a a factual thing whereas like it kind of sums up what it feels like to be where you are and the steps that you've taken to get where you are you know I don't think especially at the moment where it feels like nobody really knows where they're at and we're all trying to find kind of comfort in that mm. um, and you know making the record millennials and dipping in and out of those themes of this thing happened here and I felt like this you know and this thing happened here and it made me feel like this and it led to this and I had to deal with this and I had to do this. Um, it's more like a culmination of how we got to this point, um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. Um, and uh, and lastly, uh, what are the plans for getting out and touring this album once it's released? Are you, are you going to be out on the road before release? Um, are you going to be going out after the album's out? What are the plans for, for getting out and touring this record? Yeah, I'm always a huge fan of... Uh, playing after the record's out. That's a big dispute we had last 
year with a last record and mm. um, with a label is they wanted to put the record out on this date and their date, tour dates were booked before that and I'm like people need to understand the songs when they're paying money um, to come and hear them you know I, I remember going to shows when I was younger and um, the scheduling for me felt all wrong you know you're listening to a, a record you don't know and I don't I don't think sometimes sometimes the live environment's good for that sometimes I think it's not especially at our shows um, so yeah it's going to be records going to come out I've got a couple of We've got like a show in London, uh, a little warm up number, um, before the record comes out, um, and then we've got a couple of kind of launch shows in Glasgow, um, while the record's out, and then after that it's going to be like we're going for a month or five weeks or something in America doing a headline there, which we've never done before, which will be cool. Um, then we're going to Australia, Japan, which we've done quite well in the past there last year, so we're going to go back out there and play the record festivals. Um, and then we're saving our UK headline for the end of the year. Maybe I, I don't know if I should say that. I don't care. Um, but we're going to play at the end of the year. Um, do a nice winter tour. Hit some some venues that we've really been looking forward to playing. Um, yeah, and just try and try and give a different show this year. Um, again, we're a new record. We think it wants a new show. Um, last year's show, Burn the Empire, was super visual. Um, it had like big screens and stuff like that, and. A lot of kind of um, it was kind of poignant in places, and there was a lot of kind of you know, it was political content. There was like a lot of kind of social justice stuff involved in the show, which was great and exciting. But I think this is a new record, and this one's going to be a much more a band kind of delivering you as much energy as as they've got in them, um, and hopefully everybody can just do that together. It's going to be more of a, I think it'll be more of a band show which will be cool. I'm quite excited to do that, kind of stripping it back a little bit in a sense. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jack, for taking the time out to have a chat with us today. I do really appreciate it. It's been fascinating um, hearing about how this album came together. Um, and, uh, you know, we wish you all the very best with, with the release and with the tour. Um, and once again, the album is called Millennials and it is released on the 23rd of February. Um, Jack, thank you so much for that. It was brilliant. Cheers. Pleasure, man. Enjoy that, man. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.